Welcome to VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards, a daily podcast bringing you an inside look at the Vegas Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup playoff run. I'm Justin Russo with the Golden Knights on Wednesday, May 3rd, and tonight, the Golden Knights finally get to begin Round 2 versus the Edmonton Oilers from the Fortress at 6.30 p.m. This series is shaping up to be a fun one with so many storylines, two elite teams who have different styles that we'll get to see clash here in this series, and the two top picks from the 2015 draft in Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel going head-to-head in the playoffs for the first time. Of course, Jack in just his second playoff series. So early on, a test for Jack Eichel and the Vegas Golden Knights here against the Edmonton Oilers. But so much to go over, and we will discuss it all on our preview today as I'll take you through all that you need to know for round two. And to recap a little bit of what we did yesterday, I took you through the season series for the VGK against the Edmonton Oilers. And let's recap that really quick. We'll go all the way back to November 19th, the first time these two teams met. It was a 4-3 overtime victory for the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid getting the OT winner just over a minute into the extra frame. Mark Stone with a couple of goals for the VGK. Zach Hyman on the board and Leon Dreisaitl as well for the Oilers. A lot of the big stars on either side getting things done in that one. Then it would take about two months for the teams to meet again. January 14th would be that next matchup. And the Oilers got out to a hot start in Vegas. Matthias Yenmark and Leon Dreisaitl scoring two goals in the first two minutes of the game and the VGK essentially playing catch-up the entire night, weren't able to grab the lead, and they fell 4-3 again to the Edmonton Oilers. Then, you go to the two games towards the end of March. They played twice at the end of March, one in Edmonton, one in Vegas. March 25th, the two teams met in Edmonton. That same 4-3 score, but this time the VGK coming out on top. Nicholas Waugh getting the game winner in overtime. A beautiful move, stick handling around Stuart Skinner and the VGK Get that first win against the Edmonton Oilers all year long. Jack Eichel scored just a minute into the game, and Vegas able to get it to overtime and able to pick up the win. But the Oilers would have a strong response to get that final blow in the season series. A 7-4 victory just three days later for the Edmonton Oilers as the two teams came back to T-Mobile Arena. And the Oilers, you saw there the power that they have on offense and when they start to get going and for the VGK when they take penalties and allow the power play of Edmonton to get going you saw that there was not much that Vegas could do on that one Evan Bouchard Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman get three power play goals for the Oilers en route to a 7-4 victory against the Vegas Golden Knights so if you're Vegas you know the blueprint there stay out of the box that's quite simple but it's easier said than done and this Edmonton Oilers team When they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and they get that sustained offensive zone time, it's hard to not take penalties eventually, right? They have so many waves of pressure they can throw at you that for the VGK, a team that was the least penalized team in the NHL this season, it's going to be a tough test for them to see if they can continue to stay out of the box. A lot different than the Winnipeg Jets in round one for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I brought it up on yesterday's show, but I'll bring it up again The special teams numbers of the Edmonton Oilers against the Vegas Golden Knights in the four games that they played against Vegas this season. Edmonton, 55.6% on the power play, 90% on the penalty kill. So Edmonton did everything they could on both ends of special teams and really made it hard for the Vegas Golden Knights to get a lot going in the four games that the two played against each other. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, that is a number that has to come down, that 55% on the power play for Edmonton. Look, it's not easy, right? I mean, they were 9-for-16 in the first round. They are statistically the best power play to ever step foot on the ice in the National Hockey League, 32.4% since the stat was tracked starting in the 1977-78 season. That is the best 
of any team in any regular season since then. So for the Edmonton Oilers, that is their calling card. That is how they are going to win games, and that is a big part of their offense. And why their offense is so good is because they're good at getting onto the power play and they're good at converting on the power play. So that is something that the Vegas Golden Knights have to watch out for in this series. But as mentioned, the Golden Knights, they don't take penalties that often. You saw it in the first round. Vegas only shorthanded 12 times in the first round. That was four lower than any other team in the opening round of the playoffs. And for the entire season, the Vegas Golden Knights were shorthanded 195 times. They were the only team in the NHL to be below 200. And they were the least penalized team in the NHL. So... It certainly feels like a situation of something's got to give, right? I mean, you look at the Edmonton power play and how good they've been, and you look at the Golden Knights, and hey, the penalty killing might not be the best in the NHL, but the fact that they take so few penalties and they're such a disciplined team matters so much because we know the Oilers aren't going to need many opportunities to get their goals on the board and get their production on the power play. So for the Golden Knights, a team that already limits the penalties that they take, it's going to be a really important factor in this series how much they can limit Edmonton's ability to get onto the power play. So that's something to watch out for. I mean, that that feels like the storyline in terms of the style of play of these two teams coming into this series. So that's going to be something to watch out for, but enough special teams talk for the moment. I think we've hammered that point home enough. It's going to be simple for the VGK. At least the formula is going to be simple, maybe not so much in execution, but you have to stay out of the box. You have to try to play as much five-on-five hockey against the Oilers and Hey, that's not even easy, right? Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Zach Hyman, they have a lot of weapons on the other side as well. But you want to make sure you can play as much five-on-five hockey as you can. So with that out of the way, I do want to take a second here to look back at round one for each of these teams as well. Now that we're preparing for round two, I want to see how each of the teams got through round one, what you can expect from the Edmonton Oilers if you didn't watch their series against the LA Kings. We'll start with the Vegas Golden Knights. A short recap here, of course. Vegas, it just felt like they built their game as the series moved along, right? You look at game one against the Winnipeg Jets, almost in hindsight, feels like a throwaway game now because the Golden Knights simply didn't have it. They didn't have their feet under them, and they played a poor game in game one. Winnipeg went into the fortress and grabbed a win, but Vegas was slowly able to turn things around. You saw game two, Mark Stone coming back, and it felt like he had turned a corner finally in his return, and for the VGK, that was a big moment getting that win, avoiding the 2-0 hole, going into Winnipeg. And for the Golden Knights getting into Winnipeg, they get the Michael Amadio double overtime winner in Game 3. They take care of business in Game 4, a little bit less of a stressful game as the Golden Knights had that 4-1 lead in Game 3. But Golden Knights had an opportunity then in Game 5 to come back to the Fortress and close things out, and they did just that. A dominant performance to close it out in Game 5 for the VGK. And it feels like they are just building and carrying a lot of momentum into this series. But... For the Edmonton Oilers, they'd have to feel the same way as well because they, at times in their series against the LA Kings, at least early on, they didn't feel like they were putting together their best efforts. So for the Edmonton Oilers, they were able to build as their series went along and they have to feel better about where their game is at coming into round two as well. And you look back at that series for the Edmonton Oilers, it started off in a shaky game one. Kind of reminds you of the Vegas Golden Knights in game three, right? The LA Kings down by two goals late in that game, a 3-1 lead for the Edmonton Oilers, and they just slowly but surely let the Kings back. Adrian Kempe gets a goal with about nine minutes to go. Anze Kopitar gets a goal with 17 seconds to go, and then Alex Iafalo on the power play ends it for the LA Kings, giving them a 4-3 victory in Game 1, an early hole for the Edmonton Oilers, who had home ice in that series as well. So a similar situation with the Vegas Golden Knights, where Game 1 at home, 
You come in and you just don't have it in that first game. And for the Oilers, that could have been a turning point early in that series, right? Blowing that lead, having so much built up and thinking you're going to win game one, and then it all comes crumbling down. But they had a nice response game in game two. They got a couple goals on the board early. They did allow the Kings back into that game too. Two goals in the second period for LA to tie it, but they were able to finish things off with a couple more goals in the third period to get the win. So things were tied going to LA. And again, for the Edmonton Oilers, Falling in overtime, Adrian Kempe got a goal to tie things up in the second period after a 2-1 lead was built by Connor McDavid himself with a couple of power play goals against L.A. And then Trevor Moore got the winner for a 3-2 win for the L.A. Kings in overtime. And the L.A. Kings had a 1-0 lead. Now they had a 2-1 lead, but the Edmonton Oilers were able to really storm back in this series. And they rattled off three wins in a row to save their season and move on to round two. And you look at that game... For the Edmonton Oilers in game four down to one in the series need to get this win you don't want to fall down three to one and what do they do they come out flat again LA Kings with a three goal first period at home mind you in game four we're still in LA and the Kings with a three to nothing lead after the first period but for the Edmonton Oilers didn't panic just found their game and slowly but surely made their way back. Had a couple of power play goals in the second period. Evan Bouchard and Leon Dreisaitl on the power play. Dreisaitl also scoring at even strength. And all of a sudden, things were tied after two periods of play. Now, the teams traded goals in that third period. It sent us to overtime again in that series. But Zach Hyman with the overtime winner getting a puck under the arm of Jonas Corposalo in overtime. One of those examples like we saw with Michael Amadio. Just get the puck on net. You never know what's going to happen. And for the Edmonton Oilers, they end up getting a win in Game 4 to tie the series back up and have new life heading back to Edmonton. And what do they do with that new life? They picked up a 6-3 to win in Game 5, a dominant win in Game 5 in which they had some depth scoring in that game. You look at Nick Bukestad with a couple of goals for the Edmonton Oilers, Brett Kulak with a goal as well, and you know some of the big guns still getting on the board. Leon Dreisaitl with a goal, Evander Kane with a goal too. So it was the big guns getting things done, but... The depth shining through for the Oilers in that one in Game 5, allowing them to get that victory, which brought us to Game 6. Back in L.A., Kings with a chance to force a Game 7. This was another tight game, a back-and-forth affair, an early lead for the Oilers. They had a one nothing lead and then eventually a 3-1 to lead, but the L.A. Kings would find a way to tie things up in the third period. Philip Dano with a shorthanded goal about eight minutes into the third period, and it was 4-4 again. It looked like we were heading for another overtime in this series, before Kyler Yamamoto, with about three minutes to go in the game, got the goal that sealed the series for the Edmonton Oilers. So a little bit more of a rocky series in round one for Edmonton. Not as smooth sailing as it was for Vegas, but the Oilers still getting things done. They got it done in six games on the heels of three consecutive wins to end the series. And again, for the Vegas Golden Knights, who are coming in, winning four in a row, Oilers coming in, having won their last three. So two of the hottest teams in the playoffs clashing here in round two, and it's going to be one heck of a series between these two teams, and I know we all can't wait to see it. So that's a quick primer on what happened in round one with each of these teams as well, taking you back to what happened in the season series. But let's take a look at the composition of these teams. You mentioned the styles and the different styles that these two teams play, but let's take a look at some of the key players on each side. Of course, we'll quickly go over the Golden Knights as, hey, we've all been watching the Golden Knights. We know who's been making a difference for Vegas. But we'll take a look at who's been driving Vegas in the playoffs early on, and then we'll shift over to Edmonton and show you why 
there's more to the Oilers than just those few big names up top with your McDavid's and your Drysaddle. So we'll break that all down right now for you. Let's start with the Vegas Golden Knights really quick. And you look at Vegas and you look at the depth that they had shining through in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, had those big guns going, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, those are your three-point leaders. Eichel tied with Carlson and Petrangelo as well on five points. Stone and Stevenson each with eight points in the first round. But a lot of guys chipping in for the Vegas Golden Knights. Brett Howden, who we've talked about a lot. Two goals and two assists for him for four points. Michael Amadio with the double overtime game winner in Game 3. He had four points in that series. And then you look to the guys even further down that list. Shea Theodore, Ivan Barbashev, Riley Smith, three points apiece. Phil Kessel, two points. He didn't even play in the last game. He was bumped out of the lineup as Will Carrier returned for the VGK. So for the Golden Knights... A lot to be confident about as you take a look at the contributors that they had in this first round and how many guys stepped up in big moments. And especially a huge shout out to Braden Pahal and Ben Hutton. Those two guys, yeah, they didn't register any points in Game 5, but they came in on short notice in Game 5 and they played one heck of a game, each of them. And we heard Riley Smith talking during the second intermission of Game 5 as he was talking with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless talking about how they just had so much poise, and he was really impressed with how they were able to come in, and it was seamless. You were missing Brain McNabb, you were missing Shea Theodore in Game 5, and it didn't really matter because Bahal and Hutton came in, and it was, again, a seamless transition, and those two guys did exactly what they needed to do to shut down the Winnipeg Jets. So for the Vegas Golden Knights, that depth is going to be huge for them, and for Bruce Cassidy, that's something that he spoke about as one of the advantages that he thinks that Vegas really has in this series. Well, I, I, le- I love our depth from player forward 1 through 12 and D1 through 6. I think they can match up against anybody. Um, and we use them accordingly. Uh, we're predominantly healthy, knock on wood on that. Uh, we had guys come back into the play for us as opposed to leave for the most part. There was a couple of D at the end. Nab skated today, looks good. Theo was sick. He's feeling a lot better. Carrier's back in. Um, as we saw with Mark Stone, he got better with more reps, and I would think the same will happen with Will. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think we have an ability to win games uh, different ways. So you can't just say, I'm going to take this player out, you know, out of the equation or neutralize him. I think we have different, and we've shown that all year. Uh, so that, those are the things I like about our team, and what that does to Edmonton, I guess they can answer that. <clears throat> so there you heard Bruce Cassidy talking about how Quite simply, he likes the depth of the team. He likes how deep they are, and he's right. I mean, you look at the Golden Knights, you look at some of the guys that are sitting on the side at the moment, you've got the luxury of Phil Kessel, a two-time Stanley Cup champion, a highly experienced playoff player. He's sitting on the side right now with Will Carrier back into the lineup. Teddy Bluger, another guy with playoff experience who they acquired at the deadline, he's waiting in the wings as well. And then, of course, Jonathan Quick, your goaltender, who it seems now is the third goaltender with Aiden Hill getting back into the fold, but... You talk about Jonathan Quick, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He knows what it's like to be in a playoff series and be in big moments. And you can say what you want about his play down the stretch. You know, maybe it wasn't up to par for Bruce Casty and the Golden Knights. But to have a guy like that, at the very least, coaching up Lauren Brossois and Aiden Hill, getting them prepared for these games and preparing them for what to expect in these series, at the very least, it's a good guy to have in your year talking with your starting goaltender to prepare him with everything that he needs to know heading into each of these series. So for the Golden Knights, that depth, again, really shining through. And I want to point out one thing for the VGK, too. You look at the big names that you'd typically expect for the Golden Knights to perform in the playoffs. 
and two of them stand out to me, Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau. Now, Riley Smith had three assists in the first round. Jonathan Marcheseau had two assists in the first round. But if I had told you that Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau would combine for zero goals in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and the VGK would cruise to a five-game series win, I don't think you would have believed me. So that just really goes to show for Vegas how well their depth played in that round one series against the Winnipeg Jets. And if you're looking for some positive news on Jonathan Marcheseau and you're looking for him to get going, well, I do have some good news for you. Jonathan Marcheseau led the Vegas Golden Knights in goals scored against the Edmonton Oilers this season. And he was tied with Jack Eichel for five total points in the four games against Edmonton in the season series. Jonathan Marcheseau with three goals and two assists against Edmonton, 1.25 points per game against the Oilers this season. So if you're looking for someone to get going, I think Jonathan Marcheseau is a good candidate against this Edmonton Oilers team. And boy, wouldn't it be a good time for him to get going, especially, you know, look, this depth is having a moment right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's really coming through for them. But we heard Bruce Cassidy say a lot in the first round too, that your best guys have to play like your best guys. They're getting paid like it and they have to play like it. So for Jonathan Marcheseau, wasn't terrible in the first round by any means. Had a couple of assists, made some plays away from the puck too that you know don't necessarily show up in the box score. But for Marcheseau, if he can get things going offensively in terms of the goals and starting to get that production going, that's going to be a key for the Golden Knights who, again, as much as you want to shut down the Edmonton Oilers and you want to stop them, you might be able to do that at times, but they are going to score some goals in this series. They scored them in the regular season series, and you have to expect that they're going to get their offense at times in this series as well. So, no better time for Jonathan Marcheseau to get things going in the postseason. So now that we've talked about the VGK's depth and a lot of the guys that you are familiar with from the first round of the playoffs, let's shift gears over to the Edmonton Oilers. And depth is not a word that comes to mind when you think of the Edmonton Oilers, right? You look at the points that they had with their top guys this season. Connor McDavid, 153 points, a historic season for him. Leon Dreisaitl, 128 points. Each of those guys over 50 goals on the season. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a strong season for him as well. 104 points for him. Of course, he was drafted back in 2011 first overall by the Edmonton Oilers. And now, all these years later, he's finally started to get his game going and he has become a serious contributor for Edmonton lately. But just as you look down the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers and and you're not seeing the crazy triple-digit numbers that you see for the top three, there are still a lot of good players up and down this lineup that the Golden Knights are going to have to take notice of in this series. Of course, Zach Hyman... 83 points for him. He's not far behind a lot of those top guys. And for Zach Hyman, three goals against the Vegas Golden Knights this season, a 33% shooting percentage, and he had two power play goals as well against the Vegas Golden Knights. So Hyman, a guy to watch out for, especially once the Oilers get onto that man advantage. But down the lineup for Edmonton, Evander Kane, 16 goals this season. He's a big contributor. Warren Fogle had a couple of goals against the Vegas Golden Knights, 13 goals overall on the season for him. Kyler Yamamoto, You look at the play that he made in Game 6 to close out that series for the Edmonton Oilers, and Yamamoto, this season, 10 goals overall in the regular season. He's got 1-1 and in the playoffs thus far as well. But I look at the couple of guys on the back end, or a few guys, rather, on the back end for the Edmonton Oilers. That group is certainly not as complete as the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Golden Knights, with that decor healthy, they are tough to beat, right? And now they're finally starting to get healthy. We expect Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore to be back for this series, the start of this series, rather, against the Edmonton Oilers. So it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that type of cohesive, defensive-minded unit that we know Bruce Cassidy pays a lot of attention to and puts a lot of focus on to have that puck management to really take control of their own end. And 
play defense first before they generate those offensive chances. So for the Edmonton Oilers, things are a little different, right? This is an offensive team, and when you have guys like Connor McAvin and Leon Dreisaitl up front, you want to get them the puck as much as you can. And one of those guys that's been really good this season, Evan Bouchard, now he's got 10 points so far in the playoffs, eight of them coming on the power play because he's the power play quarterback, and he gets a lot done up top there for the Edmonton Oilers. So you talk about McDavid and Dreisaitl. Evan Bouchard really makes things go on that power play, and the Vegas Golden Knights have to be cognizant of that. Even at 5-on-5, five five, though, Bouchard, pretty strong and a good puck mover to get the puck up to Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. So the forechecking going to be really important for the Vegas Golden Knights. You think of how they started to play Josh Morrissey before he got hurt and, and really how they wanted to play overall against the Winnipeg defense and trying to get pucks deep and forcing their defense to go chase the puck, not giving them easy breakouts. I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to focus on that as well, and the forecheck going to be important in this series too. But then you look at Darnell Nurse, another guy. He had three assists in this series, but Darnell Nurse overall in the regular season led the way for defensemen for the Edmonton Oilers with 43 points, 12 goals, 31 assists for him, another guy on that back end that can really move the puck and get things done. And for the Edmonton Oilers, a lot of the criticism and a lot of the vulnerability that they had as of late in the past few years especially is that, yeah, they can score all these goals, but how are they going to keep the puck out of their net, right? They've had some rotating in the goaltender position, and the defense is really offensive-minded. They didn't have a lot of true stay-at-home defensemen. But that changed this year at the trade deadline when they picked up Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators. Now, of course, Matthias Ekholm, a guy that, had several long playoff runs with the Nashville Predators, ended up going to the Stanley Cup Final in 2017 as a part of that really strong defense core for Nashville. That is a guy with playoff experience and with a play style that complements some of those other defensemen on the Edmonton Oilers. And he's been playing a lot with Evan Bouchard. And you talk about Bouchard as a puck-moving guy, a fast skater. I think Matthias Ekholm really complements him well and brings some defensive-minded play to that pairing and allows the Edmonton Oilers to have some defense on the back there and know that they have a guy that they can trust, that they can throw out there for long minutes in this series, and he can do a really good job at shutting down the other team. And he's not only a defensive guy as well. You look at four points in the playoffs so far for Matias Ekholm, seven shots on goal. He chips in when he needs to. He had some opportunities on the power play as well, but really makes his impact when it comes to getting things done defensively and, and shutting down the other team. You look at his time on ice, 22 minutes of time on ice per game in the playoffs so far. And while it's certainly nice to have a guy like that that can come in and play big minutes, I want to go back to his pairing with Evan Bouchard and how, how well he really compliments Evan Bouchard because Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, was asked about that pairing yesterday, and here's what he had to say about Ekholm pairing up with Bouchard. From the trade deadline on, Evan Bouchard between manning the point on the power play, some increased minutes with Ekholm, um, he seems to have leaned into the challenge that the organization maybe presented him. Yeah. How impressed are you with, with the way he's leaned into it? Well, he's still a young defenseman. We can't lose sight of that, um, but he's done very well. And I, I think that speaks to, number one, a player recognizing his opportunity. Number two, um, the effect that bringing someone of um, Matthias Ekholm's uh, character and ability into our decor, and specifically as Evan's partner um, I think that speaks to that and um, you know it seems uh, like they're they've uh, helped us get to where we are but you know where we are is not where we want to be we want to keep improving every day and both those players have that type of mindset that uh, 
you know, uh, we're trying to be the best that we can. And in order to do that, you have to improve every day. So I hope that gave you an idea of what to expect as the Vegas Golden Knights prepare to take on the Edmonton Oilers in round two. And for Vegas, of course, you have to find a way to shut down the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Those two guys have combined for 21 points so far in the playoffs. Have to find a way to at least slow them down. It's hard to shut them down. You have to find a way to slow them down at the very least. But there are guys up and down the lineup, as I've been pointing out here, that can contribute and likely will contribute for the Edmonton Oilers. Evan Bouchard, 10 points, leads all defensemen in the playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers. You look at Clem Costin, 4 points. Three goals, though, for Clem Costin in the first round of the playoffs. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was a 100-point scorer in the regular season, only had four assists in round one. I'd expect him to start to ramp things up in the second round as well for the Edmonton Oilers. Zach Hyman, another four-point performer. Matthias Ekholm, that defensive-minded defenseman that we talked about, got four points in the playoffs already as well. So for the Edmonton Oilers, it's certainly going to be a lot of Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, but that's not all it's going to be. And there are guys that can beat the Golden Knights if they're not careful and if they pay too much attention to the likes of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and the others up top. This is not an Edmonton team that is as deep as the Vegas Golden Knights, but they have enough depth given their top-end scoring that they are a really dangerous team and the Golden Knights have to be ready here in round two if they want to find a way to get a victory and move on to the Western Conference Final. Well, before I leave you, I do want to focus on one final storyline from this series. We've talked a lot about the teams, but there's an individual matchup in this series that I think is intriguing to a lot of people because it involves the top two picks from the 2015 NHL Draft. Number one pick, Connor McDavid. Number two pick, Jack Eichel, going at it in the playoffs for the first time in their careers. Of course, Jack, as I mentioned in his second playoff series, so not a lot of opportunities, and he started off in Buffalo out east, but great storyline coming into this series with Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid, two guys that have blossomed into stars in this league. Of course, it's going to be hard to compare anyone to Connor McDavid. He is really in a league of his own. But for Jack Eichel and what he means to this team and how well he has played for the Vegas Golden Knights this season, it has been a spectacle to watch. And Eichel has just, over the last part of the season, gotten better and better for the VGK. And you look at what he's been able to do in the postseason so far, and he's got five points, three goals, and two assists. Of course, had a couple of power play goals in Game 3 against the Winnipeg Jets. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel getting things going at the right time in the postseason, finally maybe shaking off a little bit of those postseason nerves and getting things going. Eichel, just 67 games played, dealt with some injuries this season, but still led the team in scoring 27 goals, 39 assists for 66 total points, and Eichel, a plus 26. We've talked a lot about, and, and Bruce Cassidy's talked a lot about, Jack Eichel's defensive game and getting that side of his game going, becoming a 200-foot hockey player, and he's really embraced that in Bruce Cassidy's system, and you saw it there with that plus-minus number. Of course, that's a, an all-encompassing number that has a lot of factors that go into it, but a good indication, nonetheless, of Jack Eichel's defensive play and how he's played on the other end of the ice. And for Jack Eichel, coming into this one, got to be a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, right? Second pick to Connor McDavid, looking to try to knock him out of the playoffs as both of these players chase their first Stanley Cup. And Jack Eichel, we'll see if he can get the better of McDavid in this series. But as I was mentioning, McDavid really in a league of his own, and there's really no one you can compare him to in the modern NHL. You look at Connor McDavid overall in his career, 303 goals, just got over that 300 mark before the end of the season, 547 assists, sitting on exactly 850 points in his NHL career. 
this season for him was a breakout season, even by his standards. 64 goals, 89 assists for 153 points. Connor McDavid breaking barriers that we weren't even sure were possible. And McDavid with an excellent season and an excellent start to the postseason as well. You look at him with 10 points so far in the postseason, three goals and seven assists, and he is picking up right where he left off in the regular season and contributing for this Edmonton Oilers team. And for as good as Connor McDavid is, it helps to have a running mate in Leon Dreisaitl that has 11 points so far in the postseason, seven goals and four assists for Dreisaitl as well. But you talk about those two guys at the top of the draft, and Darren Millard touched on it a few days ago, talking about the one and two picks in a single draft going against each other. Uh, look at the most recent ones, a couple examples this season with Jack Hughes and Capo Caco facing each other in the first round, John Tavares and Victor Hedman facing each other with the Lightning and the Maple Leaf series earlier on. So it's not totally uncommon, but it is a fun stat and, and a fun thing to watch nonetheless because it's two guys that had spent so much time together in that draft process. They, I'm sure, know each other well. Another previous episode I'll reference, we heard Sean Rourke a couple days ago talking about that aspect and how these guys likely know each other from that draft process back in 2015, and I'm sure they followed each other's careers very closely and have a lot of respect for one another as well. I mean, two guys that are excellent hockey players, and we'll see how this all shakes out here, but only one can move on, and it's going to be quite the sight to see. Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel, and, and though it's... Oh, nearly a decade later now. We're talking eight years later. It's still great to see those two guys intertwined together forever, now getting an opportunity to go at it in the postseason. And, you know, I think back to, even though they weren't in the same draft, with, with the lockout, it did kind of feel like Crosby and Ovechkin, as they were the new faces of the NHL after the 05 lockout. Of course, Ovechkin, the number one pick in 04, and Sidney Crosby, the number one pick in 05. Their careers were intertwined forever, and it was so fun to watch the rivalry between those two got into the same division with the Capitals and the Penguins, and they had so many postseason battles. Well, now we get that with Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel, now both in the Pacific Division, and hope that this is one of many playoff battles to come because we anticipate this series is going to be fun, and we hope this is a rivalry that can build for many, many years to come between those two guys, and we'll see who can prevail and move on to round two as we write the first chapter of the postseason story between Connor McDavid and and Jack Eichel. So a fun storyline individually to watch between those two guys and really looking forward to two elite hockey players going at it with so much on the line here in the postseason. So that'll do it for this episode of VGK Today. But before I go, I do want to thank you for listening and remind you to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss a moment of the team's quest for the Stanley Cup right here on VGK Today. And with the Vegas Golden Knights at home for the first two games of the second round, there has been a little bit of a shift in the schedule. So Tonight, Game 1, 6.30 at the Fortress. We expected Game 2 to be on Friday. That has now been moved to Saturday. So for the Vegas Golden Knights, Game 2 will be on Saturday at home at the Fortress. And of course, for all home games in Round 2, you can purchase your tickets to T-Mobile Arena and for the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs at VegasGoldenKnights.com. You can get a playoff strip to ensure you get the same seats for each game in the round, or you can get your single-game tickets as per usual. So be sure to go on to VegasGoldenKnights.com and see the Golden Knights live in Round 2 of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. Tomorrow, Dan Duba joins the show to recap Game 1 between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Justin Russo signing off for episode 17 of VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards. 